The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Ah, yes. The victory horns, ladies and gentlemen. They sound for the first time in 2024, and they are sounding for Magomed Ankalaev, now unbeaten in 12 fights. The rivalry with Johnny Walker is over. Nasty knockout in round two. Magomed Ankalaev says, I'm the guy. I want the title. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not six months from now. I want it right now. And that's the statement he tried to make and did a pretty damn good job of doing it. As we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 84 live post-fight show here at MAFighting.com. I am Mike Keck. Got a whole crew here. First... My best friend, the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. AK, first event in the books. How are we doing? I don't know, but I tell you, first event, I got to throw a poll. I think we got to do the first poll of, uh, of 2024. So, uh, Mike, give me a second here. I'll have a poll for the people, and they'll let us know uh, how we should feel after the first UFC event of the year. Okay. Um, can we go back to AK for a second? Can we go back? Is that a, is, is that a, is that a mustache? Are we growing with the mustache? Um, I think I've always had this. I think I got a new camera. I think that's the <laughs> that's the thing. Oh, uh, no, actually, I'm not even using the new that. camera. I, I, I totally forgot to use the new camera. So this is just a lie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, it's finally coming in. Maybe it's like, maybe after I'm all just... these years, it's finally coming in, guys. <laughs> it's finally coming in. I'm so proud of you. 2024 is such a I've, big year for all of us. Every year I hoped. Unreal. You're you're looking like an 80s Major League Baseball player before you know it. Uh, and also joining us, join us on the preview show as well, Mr. New York Rick, Eric Jackman. I wonder what kind of breaking news we'll get this time around that we can shockingly react to in live, real-time New York Rick. 
first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, second of all, we already got it that uh, AK Lee's evil twin has replaced him, and we need to get to the bottom of that immediately. Quick, like, what's your what's what's Alexander's birthday? Quick, go. Uh, Alexander's birthday is every day. Ah, it's, mm, it's nice him. Try. Nice. It might try. be him. I'm not. I'm not. I'm still not sure yet, but it might be him. Yeah, I think. I think it is. I think he's just growing up before our eyes. Uh, what does the poll read, AK? How would you grade UFC Vegas '84? Simple letter grade, A, B, C, D. Nothing fancy for the first poll of the year. Let's get a. Let's just get a, the temperature of the room, my best friend. Okay. I think that's a good way to start here. We'll get to Magomedank alive and Jim effing Miller in, in just a few moments. But New York Rick, we've had about a, a month away. Took a little breather. Back at it. This is a little appetizer for UFC 297 next week. What do you grade UFC Vegas 84? B plus, A minus maybe. Um, as we talked about on the on the preview show, this feels like the fight nights that we deserve. This feels like what an Apex show should should look like on paper. The fighters delivered. Uh, the last two fights were uh, incredible, and kind of the ones that we were focused in on. Obviously, it would have been nice to have Manel Cop and, and Mateus Nicolau on this card, but um, the last two fights gave us what I think we wanted to see, and uh, so did so did the rest of the prelims. I think everything kind of delivered here. So. Yeah, B plus, A minus, like good booking here by the UFC and and the fighters brought it. So uh, I, I was thoroughly entertained. Okay, what was yours? We didn't get a gymnastic scale or anything, but did, yeah. did it meet the expectations? It did. I think that's the nicest way to put it. Uh, I, I just look, it's, it's hard to say because I didn't really make a gymnastics score beforehand. So doing it in retrospect feels a bit dishonest. Uh, but I have to imagine whatever score I would have come up with, which wouldn't have been super high, it would have lived up to. We got some nice finishes early on. We got compelling results in the main card. No real chicanery, no like scoring chicanery, no weirdness, which we all kind of were joking uh, was likely to strike the main event considering uh, Ankalaev and Walker's history and Ankalaev's individual history and Walker's individual history. It almost felt like maybe we shouldn't have rebooked this one. Uh, but the matchmakers did the smart thing. They said, these are two of the top contenders. We we need to find resolution. And I think putting them in a main event worked out pretty well. I think they did get a good gauge of where Walker is uh, as far as him ever being a contender. There's still a chance, I guess, but I think the ceiling has lowered a little bit here. And Frank Alayev, the ceiling is as high as ever. I mean, this is a guy who I think like for the last two years, most of us in the media, certainly in MMA fighting, have been saying he's probably the number one light heavyweight in the world. Like he's probably the best, most well-rounded light heavyweight in the world. He should have been the champion by now, but it's not like he hasn't got his chances. Uh, he had that vacant light heavyweight title fight, which, you know, he, he fought well and it just didn't go his way. Um, went to a draw. And I want to believe this is a fresh start. And for anyone who's thinking that this is his year, uh, your bet and slip is looking pretty good right now because that was a great win. I think he proved he is a notch above Johnny Walker. I think if you run this fight back 10 times, it's nine out of 10 wins for Ankalaev. Uh, and I think whoever, I don't know, whoever faces Ankalaev next, I mean, they might just be holding the belt for him because he looks like the real deal as he has for really for a while. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a solid B, B plus, like 87 out of 100. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. The thing that, that puts it over the top for me was this will be a B or better if I forget that Manel Cop and Mateus Nicolau was supposed to fight on this card and enough happened 
that made me kind of forget that that fight was supposed to be on this card. Between the prelims, some big upsets. We had some bad heavyweight action, which is just perfect for the Apex. We had what happened in the co-main event. We had a really good fight at 135 pounds between Mario Batista and Ricky Simone, which we'll get into. I thought all in all, this is a, a great start to the year and makes me a little more excited for UFC 297. So New York Rick, the big question we had besides where does Manel Cop go with the win before the weight miss was, is there anything Magomed Ankalive can do to get himself a title shot? Is there anything he can do to get Alex Burr's attention? Is there anything he can do to leapfrog Jamal Hill and all the craziness at 205 right now? And a lot of us pretty much said, like, you go out there and you get an emphatic, brutal finish that might just get you there. But now that it's happened to York, Rick, is Magomed Ankalaev, is he next? Is Alex Pereira, is his next challenger going to be Magomed Ankalaev? Yeah, I mean, the moment it happened, um, I thought so. We've also seen Glover Teixeira come out on Twitter, or X, rather, and say, uh, great knockout, you're next. Um, or, or we'll see you next, or something to that effect. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like... Uh, it seems like he would be next again the the mystery around the timeline of jamal hill's return is kind of looming over this uh but you can't do much better than that in fact you can't do better than that he absolutely lanced uh johnny walker and it was it was the best you could possibly do so yes i do believe he's next now is it going to be a quick turnaround are they going to try and throw this on ufc 300 maybe that i don't know um but i do imagine in this first half of the year that Magomed Ankalaev will get a title shot. Yeah. I feel like if they're going to do this, it's not going to be a 300. Because why? There's just no need. If you're going to go to Rio, at least that's the rumor and innuendo right now. If you're going to go to Rio a month later, probably save Alex Pereira for that card. Maybe maybe do Pereira versus Ankalaev there. I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, but it all depends on what prayer is doing and what his timeline is. And if he wants to wait for Jamal Hill, because if Jamal Hill is ready to fight in like July or August, maybe Pereira wants to wait for that, but he seems like a guy that wants to stay busy. AK. And look, we do, we're going to do on to the next one tomorrow. So this question is going to relate to that, but look, we give spoilers all the time. I honestly feel like this is going to be the easiest onto the next one I have ever done. I already immediately knew where I was going with a lot of these fights are you going to say Magomed Ankalaev's next opponent will be Alex Pereira for the light heavyweight title? Uh, am I going to say that on the show, my best friend? I'm trying to think because I was I was like, I can't remember what I said when Khalil Roundtree got his last win. I remember there was a part of me <laughs> campaigning, right? I was just like, just give him the Alex Pereira fight. Like, it's it's it, do it now. Like, what, what's a better time for Khalil Roundtree? But then M- Magomed Ankalaev puts this performance on. He's clearly ahead of, of Roundtree in the rankings. It would be, like, again, I wouldn't have a problem with it as a fight fan. I think there's a lot of great matchups for Alex Pereira and him and Roundtree would be awesome. But it would seem pretty unfair uh, for Roundtree to to leapfrog Ankalaev. And also, if we're going by, you know, who we think is the better fighter, I think most of us, most of us, I don't know, people in the comments tell me if I'm crazy, I think most of us feel again that Ankalaev is the number one, at worst, the third best light heavyweight in the world. He's just so good. And, and, and this performance tonight proved that. So by the most basic definitions, there's really nothing that Ankalaev should have to do to earn a title shot. Again, he we know the UFC views him as a title contender. They gave him the vacant title fight with Jan Blachowicz. They fully expected it to be possible that he would have entered uh, 2023 as the as the light heavyweight champion. It just didn't work out that way. Um, and I and I don't see why they would change their minds. Again, he he has done nothing wrong. That that little gaffe in the first Walker fight, I'm sure, was an annoyance. Uh, 
but nothing nothing that should set his career back too far. So, Mike, I think when the show comes around, whatever I've said about uh, who should be next for Pereira on past onto the next one episodes, I'll probably have tossed it out the window because it should it should be Ankalaev. I, I, I want to see that fight now, but. There's a lot of options for for Pineda. and we still I still think Izzy's out there too. I still think there's that Izzy wild card if he does decide to just come back and take this fight that uh, Pereira has laid out for him. It's got to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. But if Pereira is ready to fight by June, then I think you have to throw Ankle Life in there. And I have to tell you, after watching Johnny Walker in that first round, just kind of kick that leg that lead leg over and over again, and Ankle Life was getting a little bit uncomfortable in there before he turned it on and got the knockout. Fight's a little more interesting to me. If Ankalaev starts tackling him, that's a different story. But if this is a mostly striking affair like we just saw here, it's an interesting fight. So good win for Ankalaev. I think he did everything he needed to do here to get himself into that position. And that's really all you can ask for. And Johnny Walker's still going to be a fun guy to watch. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes from there. There's a lot of up-and-comers a lot of guys in this division that are moving up and there's a lot of big fights booked for this division so i'm sure johnny walker once he gets that nose healed up because that thing was battered after that finishing combination from magomed ankle good performance good performance from the one-time title challenger and let's see if he gets opportunity number two now could i let's could i just say one thing mike before we move on let me just say one thing about the leg kicks thing which i noted as well right but it seems to be something that we also saw in the Jan Blahovic fight. Like, this is just something that, like, needs to be addressed, right? But what we also saw in that fight was in the later half of that fight, taking over um, and utilizing his wrestling when it when finally the leg became too compromised. I think he just needs to go to that earlier. And against Alex Pereira, I don't think he'll have a very difficult time. Uh, so if the game plan's right... I get that, you know, people are going to, and and rightfully so, people are going to be thinking that he's going to get his legs chewed up. But if he starts hitting those takedowns, there's there's going to be very few answers, I believe. So I'm interested to see how that style matchup, matchup takes place. But I do think like the idea that he's just going to stand for five rounds and kind of trade with Alex Pereira might not happen. I, th- I, th- I think he probably goes to that strategy sooner. And we've kind of seen him be able to shift um, away from that. So yeah, intriguing matchup though. I really, I really enjoy that matchup. Oh, you're probably, you're probably right. I mean, heading into this fight, I was just like, eh, kind of, I kind of feel like I know how ankle eye versus prayer is going to go. It's kind of the way you said it, but again, like prayer is so good. Like those leg kicks are so sneaky and you can prepare for them all you want. You can prepare for them by trying to take them down and all that. And it doesn't really work. <laughs> He just starts chewing you up quick. So I am intrigued. I'm more interested now after watching this fight tonight than I was heading in, but I still will probably lean ankle live if that's how the UFC goes with this. But we shall see how this all plays out. But Jim Miller, New York Rick, that that Jim Miller, I'm telling you, this guy is a hero. He is a freaking legend. Unbelievable. Goes out there, dominates Gabriel Benitez, gets the face crank submission in round three, and then he gets on the mic and he does the thing, New York, Rick. He does the thing. Says Paul Felder, very respectfully, calls out Mr. Paul Felder, sitting right there. Paul is in a suit, big smile on his face. Apparently, he even went up and did a scrum with the media after the event, talking about the callout and him being interested in the fight and talking about what he needs to do. Then he called out Matt Brown. Love that call out as well. And then he just plays the gimmick to the nines. It 
calls out Brock Lesnar, just joking around, but everything about the fight, the performance, the mic work from Jim Miller, A-plus performance. What else can you say about this, man, New York Rick? Yeah, I, I don't have much more to say. Like, we heaped a ton of praise on him talking about this, you know, the Iron Man streak that he's on right now uh, in the preview show, and he only improved on that. Another UFC appearance, another UFC win, another UFC submission. He's now second all-time in submissions with 12, uh, UFC submissions with 12 uh, behind only Charles Oliveira. Uh, there's nothing the guy can't do. He's an absolute legend. And as you said, I think he aced the call-out, right? You get the Paul Felder sitting right there call-out. You get Matt Brown will be a fun fight if maybe Felder's not up for it. And you get the Brock Lesnar joke call-out. Um, who knows, maybe it becomes a real call-out. Um, and I loved it. And by the way, I mentioned on that preview show, like I would, I would assume that Paul Felder wouldn't try to like steal the shine away from him. I wonder why it was Bisbing doing the post-fight interviews. Maybe they were anticipating that. Um, and I was glad to see that he kind of just sat there, took it in and then waited until the, the post-fight, um, presser to kind of give his thoughts on that, uh, to let Jim Miller have his moment. Uh, but I thought all the callouts were great. Everything landed. Jim Miller's the freaking man. I'd watch him fight, you know, until UFC 400, 500, whatever he wants to do. Uh, I love Jim Miller. I loved everything about the call out. I loved sort of the eighties look at Paul Felder with the suit and the smile. Like there can be no actual like UFC fight poster. If they announce this fight, it has to be like an 80s sitcom poster where they're back to back, kind of like looking at each other, like in a goofy smile. That's what the fight poster needs to look like with those two guys. Cause it's going to be electric and it's everything we could hope it could be. I mean, what, a what a night for Jim Miller, AK. This guy is just unbelievable. I'm glad it ended up as, as the co-main event. That's the one good thing we got out of losing the Nikolaou Kopp rematch. Uh, it just feels right. It feels right for him to, to, to be in a co-main event slot because uh, we know he's not going to get a co-main event slot at 300. I, I, I mean, look, at it, based on how the card is going, it doesn't even look like he'll end up in the main card of that, and that's fine. Does, it doesn't matter. He doesn't need to be. Just being on 300 is going to be a big deal. 26 wins now in the UFC, 26 wins and 43 appearances, insane. 40 light, no, sorry, this, yeah, 40 lightweight appearances, uh, 23 wins at lightweight, the most, the, the deepest division in, in all of sports. Actually, I think I have that number wrong. Um, five of his last six, I mean, the guy just keeps doing it. Uh, New York Rick mentioned now, a second only behind Charles Oliveira in the submission record. It is ridiculous. 40 years young. Uh, we don't know what the fight night bonuses are. I think he'll tie. Yes, we do. We, we got do. Him. Is, is he I one just of them? Got him. Is he one of them? Yes, of course he is. Hit well, the music, now- Casey. Hit the music. We'll announce him real quick. I'll let you <laughs> go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Red. Uh, one James A. Ten Miller. Magomed Ankle Live. Yeah, love the naturally. Name. Yep. Uh, Bruno Ferreira with that okay. nasty knockout of Phil Haas and yes. Marcus McGee. The all violence team oh. member in the bantamweight division. Those are your boat performance of the night. Uh, no fight of the night. Ricky Simone, I was say, and, uh, Simone, Simone, and uh, and Batista probably deserved something there. Man, that was a great fight. Could definitely yeah. could have been. Yep, definitely could have been. I mean, it's um, tough. There were a lot of really nice uh, finishes here too. So, so I mean, for Gian Silva, just his whole, if we're doing performance, I mean, counting from the entrance to the, <laughs> to the end, should have been that's a performance. Is that not the definition of a, a performance? worthy you know a performance bonus worthy performance uh but yes now officially then jim miller with 
14 fight night bonuses, which is tied with uh, Cowboy Cerrone behind only a Joe Lazan, who's been holding on to that record despite not fighting for like, what, three years now? So pretty impressive. But <laughs> Jim Miller's coming for it, man. Jim, Joe Lazan, if you're out there, you may want to campaign for that 300 spot. I don't know. Stop this guy from getting your fight night bonus record. But uh, just so much fun to watch. I know we're going to talk about Andre Arlovsky later, but it was it, just, it, it means a lot, I think, to see these guys competing on the same card. Number one and number two, I believe, on the all-time UFC appearances list. It feels right. You know, it feels right. Um, and no, they didn't both get a win, and only one of them was in a fight that we'll want to be talking about like six months from now. But um, but it's still it's still great to see. It's still great to see. But yeah, very happy for Jim Miller. It's a feel-good story. And I, I don't... Again, that alone, keep. I don't think you can make this card go lower than a B. I think that moment... It's a shame it's happening now because, well, you know what? Maybe there's better moments with Jim Miller had. I was going to say, I was going to say that this could have made an end of the year good times list, but hey, the good times could just be starting for A10. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a preference here or does it even matter? Do you prefer Matt Brown or Paul Felder or is it just flip a coin? I don't care. Let's just get one of these guys in there. It's Felder. It's Felder for me, man. It's got to be Felder. Uh, I think Felder has become only a more revered figure i think as a commentator i think he stepped away like you know quote unquote retired at the right time where he he still left people wanting more he didn't you know um paul felder didn't go and people were like oh thank god like paul felder's not fighting anymore there was still an element of like okay happy for him happy to see him go but if you know let's leave that door open and i think we all kind of felt like that door was open because he's still young enough he's still he's he's a guy who keeps himself in amazing shape between fights that's well documented uh, and then as we got closer to 300 and thinking about who was right for Jim Miller, I think a lot of us like, man, that Paul Felder, he's still out there. Um, so for me, that's, that's the easy fight to make easy fight to sell. And it would deliver on fight night for sure. Great performance from Mario Batista. He answered a ton of questions. Great fight with Ricky Simone. Uh, Batista is going to be a top 15 Bantamweight come Tuesday. Bruno Ferreira just brutally knocking out Phil Haas. I'm curious to see where Phil Haas is going to go after this. He was obviously very broken up after that one he was out for quite some time but once he woke up he was very emotional waldo cortez acosta beats andre arlovsky but not in the court of public opinion the showboating did not rub people the right way but he does get a win remains undefeated in the ufc preston parsons defeats matthew semmelsberger marcus mcgee as we talked about bonus winning Standing TKO, Fareed Basharat just continues to do the damn thing. Defeats Taylor Lapalus, fun fight, but pretty dominant performance. John Silva, holy smokes. I mean, talk about making an entrance into the UFC from the four-minute walkout to the octagon to just staring down poor Weston Wilson to him just beating the brakes off Weston Wilson and then barking like a dog with the fighting nerd glasses on, doing like just doing training sessions with his coach in the middle of his post-fight interview. I mean, geez, what a freaking debut that was. Nicholas Moda, who probably should have got a bonus, upsets Tom Nolan in fight number two. And then Josh Van starts off 2024 with a pretty nasty ground and pound TKO finish of Felipe Bunez. Uh, first win, first finish of 2024. Now a bar trivia question answer for one Joshua Van. So New York Rick, I'll start with you outside of Makhamed and Goliath and outside of Jim freaking Miller, which performance, which moment stood out to you the most? Yeah. I mean, probably Gene Silva, right. If we're talking about like what, like kind of thing I'll remember the most, but the one that felt the most significant to me is Batista. 
I think uh, that dude established himself as a contender tonight. Um, it's typically Ricky Simone who's kind of the guy coming on late and overwhelming people just with his relentless um, action. And Bautista was just there handing it to him in the third round, um, going for the finish, looking to get him out of there. And Simone just looked like he didn't have anything left uh, to give back. I was really, really impressed. Like he's somebody who I thought could come into this fight and look that impressive. It was not like a a shocking revelation, Um, but to see it actually happen and now establish himself as I think one of the top guys in that division, which is a very stacked division, uh, means something and felt very significant. Um, And I'm super excited to kind of see what he does next. So that's the thing that I think probably had the biggest like significance and and impact. Uh, But there was also some fun moments on the rest of the card. AK, what's the low key moment you'll remember? Man, I'm I'm all in on this Marcus McGee experience, um, and I think I had to do it because I feel like I owe him an apology. I don't know if I've said in the past like I've lumped him in with all these fights. You know, we've gone on a lot of oh my gosh, these cards are getting watered down. Where'd they find this guy? Where'd they find this guy? And I'm almost sure if someone wants to dredge up a past episode where where Marcus debuted, I'm sure I I I probably ignorantly said the same thing about him. Like, oh, he's like he's only what six and one, and he's getting the UFC. Who is this guy? Um, and it's not completely unjustified. I mean, I I, I think uh, myself and people have right to criticize. You know, the more inexperienced fighters are bringing in, but he's been a great pickup. He just keeps getting in there and finishing people, and he's a really class dude. He looks like he's been through it. Like he's 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 a he looks like a well-worn 33, but he's very fresh to us in the UFC. So uh, I don't know. I, I I'm not saying this guy's gonna be top 15, top 20 fighter. I mean the the opponents he's beaten so far, I think he'd he'd be expect he'd be expected to beat. I don't know what the odds were with Gaston. I think Balanios was maybe slightly favored, but this guy's a fighter, man. And all I could think of, because if anyone has seen uh, you know Gaston Balanios fight before, is like. He's such a he's such a skilled striker. What a great skilled striker! He should pick a guy like Marcus McGee apart. But Marcus is a very good striker himself, and also you could you can you could see he's again what we say when we describe someone who's a, the difference between a fighter and a martial artist. And McGee is a fighter, man. He's going in there to crack. He doesn't care if he gets hit. He's looking for a finish every time. More often than not, he's getting it. Three and zero in the UFC. Three finishes. Uh, I think he's really one to watch in this division. If not a contender, just someone who I hope has a. 20 fight run with the UFC and picks up all kinds of fight night bonuses. He's awesome. Three bonuses too. Three fights, three finishes, three Damn, bonuses. That's nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's he was nice. actually he was actually he was actually a pretty sizable favorite in this one. Minus two. Oh, he was. Okay, okay. Okay. Was the close, but yeah, man. Talk about c- kind of coming out of nowhere. Him and Freed Basher at are are two guys definitely to watch at 135. So the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's bring in the baddest stash in MMA. I know, AK, you're, you're vying for that title, but the man who owns the title right now is one E. Casey Lydon. Casey, the peeps, I'm sure, have some thoughts. They haven't been able to react to a UFC card in, in a few weeks. So let's see what the peeps have to say. Okay. First, first question. AK, you're doing the post show on your birthday. Hey, is it? Is it AK? Is it? <laughs> I'm still not convinced, by the way. That was, I gave you a layup to start. I'm not sure yet. This isn't even as bad. I think it's the new lighting and stuff because this is, I've had worse facial hair. Yeah, get in there. I've had worse. Just, just get just the mouth, just the mouth. I've had worse facial hair on this show before, but it does look particularly grody today. So, uh, guys, I have I have UFC 270 next week. I will be like people will be seeing this live. So get ready for that. Aha! Uh-huh. I knew it wasn't him. I knew it wasn't him. <laughs> I will be I will be shaved by media day. I assure you. I assure you know how I know? Because you said UFC 270. It's UFC 297. The real AK would have known that. The real AK would have known that. You Ooh. gave it away. The evil twin. We, we've bah, discovered bah, bah. him. Finally coming out just so we can cover a UFC event. Emerging from the darkness from 2019. <laughs> cover a UFC event. Wait, this isn't AK that, that canceled that UFC event? No, that's the other guy. <laughs> that's the other guy. That's the good one. Oh, the, all right. Fair that's enough. That's a good one. All, right. all right. All right. Uh, well, thanks for showing up on your birthday. No problem. Uh, let, let me read the poll. Let me read the poll oh. real quick while I'm here. Let's just let's just end that. It's got quite a few votes in already. Uh, I agree. Fifty percent B, pretty strong. Fifty percent B, and uh, second place twenty six percent C. I think B is right. B, B is solid. Nothing wrong with a B. Yeah. I got plenty of them in my life, and uh, I think that people are. <laughs> 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 all right <laughs> what, a, what an explanation ak you're uh, on fire man yeah, you're on yeah. fire today. well this, this new ak this, this new guy he's pretty good yes. 2024 <laughs> uh question from suave rico suave uh can see the UFC making Ankalaev versus Roundtree. Dana doesn't seem to like Ankalaev, and Khalil is on the rise. Feel like they're still going to make Ankalaev fight one more. Thoughts on this? What are the chances, AK, that the UFC says, you know what, let's give Khalil Roundtree his opportunity to get a title shot, and let's just do him and Ankalaev 
it, what Dana will say is a number one contender fight. Do you think there's any chance this happens? Yeah, I think the chances are high. Again, you, you know, you and I will maybe waving our magic wand on onto the next one and trying to make just you know get Ankalaev that title shot. But it, we brought up all these scenarios where Ankalaev might have to wait, and if he's okay with waiting, that's good. Uh, is the UFC going to be okay with him waiting? I don't know. Because uh, again, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts uh, near the top of this division right now, which we haven't we don't always say when we're talking about 205, but that certainly is the case right now. Well, moving parts and, and parts that we're waiting to move. Um, so it's tricky. So it's tricky to navigate. I think if they come to him with another fight, if, if Khalil is down for it and he says like, hey, I, I, I want that Ankalaev spot, it's risky. It's risky. But if you're Ankalaev and you know nothing's guaranteed, it's probably a fight you're going to have to take. So uh, there's a Better, I would say better than 50% chance, if not against Roundtree, against someone else, that we do see Ankle out and have to fight again for getting a shot. I, I don't think he has to. I don't think he should have to. But I'm saying, what do we think will happen in the next six months? Would not surprise me to see Ankle Iyev, um not get that title fight and have to fight again. Better than 50%. Better than 50%. What do you think of this idea? Can't, can't see that happening. Uh, they need Alex Pereira to fight sooner than that. So the only way this scenario plays out that way would be they, they have they have a dearth of stars right now, and Alex Pereira is kind of a box office guy that you can put on top of a card and say he's going to slug with somebody and it's going to be fun. Um, the only scenario where I could see that happening is if Israel Adesanya decides I'm going to challenge Alex Pereira at 205 or Sean Strickland defends the belt and says I'm going up to 205 to get revenge. They seem a little too friendly probably for that. Um, but a scenario where it takes Alex out of the mix of the rightful kind of light heavyweight contenders. Otherwise, yeah, they're going to have to put Magomed in there. Um the only scenario would be Jamal Hill, maybe depending on his timeline. Again, I really don't know what that is. You know, it's kind of still murky at the moment. Uh, but otherwise, they need Alex to fight. Um, they just need champions right now, um, and and he's going to be one who's going to be ready to fight. I'm kind of with AK a bit in the sense that I don't. Ankalaev deserves the title shot, but we know "deserves" is not a word we use in this sport. And I just, and can I have, unfortunately, and I think Dana sees this too, he just doesn't have that it factor. And I, I don't think Ankalaev is good for business for the UFC as a champion. Because I, I will, Ankalaev is pretty much the best 205er in the world right now. But I don't think the UFC wants him as champion. It, 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 he wasn't the first option for the original title fight. You know, so it was kind of just because they, they needed a title fight. And now that, I just, I mean, unless um, what, you know, Eric is saying, so, like they just have to get someone in there, then maybe if it's have to, kind of like how they he, they had to get him for the, they, they need him for that first title shot. But I just don't, I mean, even like, I, I, for as violent as he can be, there's, there's, there's a weird, like, I'm not just, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand personally why I'm not super excited to see Ankalaya fight, even though everything tells me I should be because of how good he is and I want to see high level martial arts but for some reason I just can't get excited about Ankalaev and I think that's what the UFC especially Dana looks at when they're booking these title fights Does that I, I don't think you, that makes a lot of sense I don't think okay. you're alone in that like he can have first round like mm -hmm. he has some early rounds where he just does not look engaged and he's kind of just like letting the fight play out and not aggressive and not putting his own pressure on he doesn't have the kind of limited english that like a habib and an islam have where they can kind of talk a little bit of shit like he just doesn't have any of that he's kind of just this guy who shows up and fights and sometimes it's kind of unimpressive until it's impressive which i would say this fight was like johnny yeah. walker was kind of just standing there in front of him waiting to be hit and then all of a sudden something happened 
The problem is, what do you do with Alex Pereira then? If it's not Ankalaev, like what what is Alex doing? You can't you can't kind of fridge him and shelf him while you're waiting for Ankalaev and Roundtree to kind of settle that um, contendership. So I think he almost gets it just because he's the guy. He's just he's the, the guy. The timing is perfect for him. The timing works yeah, out, and Alex will thing. get a fight, and he's in there. Um, but I don't I don't think you're wrong. I definitely don't yeah. think they're they're dying for Ankalaev to be the champion. Yeah. Although I will say I do think in the vein of Islam and Habib, once you start getting like championships, title defenses, and you start to show the dominance and that becomes the calling card, I think people kind of get on the bandwagon. And I could see a world where all of a sudden he's the 205 champion for quite a bit and he becomes one of those guys. Now, I don't think he'll ever be Islam or Habib. I think that's kind of a special thing. Uh, But I could see a world where he gets that kind of aura of invincibility all of a sudden. But man, you're right. Like he's not like thrilling at times. He is prone to inactivity in in fights and and it can't can look weird at times yeah, whereas like, and, habib and islam are wood chippers they're coming out to dominate you from moment one to just put you through the ringer so yeah there's there's some there's some oddness it's, to it's, it. it's a weird I, I don't have our time explaining it, like like for you guys like personally as fans when you were watching this knockout i i feel like most main event knockouts we all kind of jump up and go whoa holy crap and for this one i was kind of like all right cool wow I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was just me. Maybe it was just kind of the long night. I, I just, I don't, what does Ankalaev need to do to get that kind of star? I don't know. Is, Learn am English. I, I mean, the tiniest am bit. I, am I, am the tiniest bit of English. Is that all? It's help. just those, That's kind of it. Like, like when Triple G was running, had his big run, yep. he was just like four big words. Drama big, big drama show. Big drama show. He just needs that phrase. Okay. But even like, even what Jed said during the preview show yesterday, and I know he was like half joking, but I think he was pretty kind of serious too. Like, no hat, no gimmick. no gimmick. Like if he had that, like that would be something. And, and I don't think he's wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's wrong about that. Honestly, like we can even look. Sorry, Mike. I don't know if I cut you off there, but I was just going to no, say, look at kind of what Marab Devalishvili is doing on social media right now. Like he's kind of this guy who really didn't have much of a personality sitting around just racking up wins. But now he's kind of showcasing, oh, I can be a little bit funny, put in these positions. Maybe it's not even his brainchild. Maybe somebody has kind of put this in front of him. But you just need that. You just need the tiniest bit for people to kind of figure out how to interact with your personality and support you. Then sometimes you get a guy like a Rafael Faziev who's like kind of low-key funny and you didn't know it. And then all of a sudden he's like <laughs> hilarious. Or even Apollo Costa who was a silent mannequin for the beginning of his career and now is like a Twitter darling. So <laughs> I just think he needs to develop a little bit of his personality, let people see who he kind of really is. And then the wins getting racked up kind of just solves all all things. But we need we need something by way of personality. Yeah. It, it, it can't just be this like blank canvas. Yeah. Yeah. He has no power here, like zero power in this whole entire situation. He needs Alex Pereira to say, okay, I'm fighting in May. And then Ankalaev gets the title shot. If Alex Pereira is not interested in fighting Magomed Ankalaev, the UFC ain't going to shove Ankalaev down Pereira's throat by any stretch of the imagination. They'll say, Mr. Pereira, what do you want? Well, if Jamal's going to fight in July and August, I'll just wait for that because that's going to be a way bigger fight. Okay, fine. There you go. And that's what they'll do. So if Ankle Eye better send a, a birthday card or some sort of some sort of holiday card over, a Valentine's Day card, if you will, over to Alex Pereira and say, thinking of you, buddy, let's fight. 
please give him a twenty-five dollar gift card to Target or something, and maybe that'll help sweeten the pot a little bit. But Angleheim needs Alex Pereira, needs him to say, "I want to fight sooner rather than later," and then he gets his opportunity. But other than that, he may not get it. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, here we go. Uh, core 86. If every apex card was this good, I wouldn't complain at all about the lowest tiered UFC events. I get like, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about this in a second, but man, just the energy levels there are tough. Like there are a lot of moments on that broadcast, even with three people in the booth where they said nothing. They didn't say a word. And then finally, Brennan Fitzgerald had to like come in and just say something. Oh, or Michael Bisping would just randomly talk about a power slapper that he saw that reminded him of a guy in the <laughs> Like, there was just, there was just, and there's just no energy there. Like, the only time there's like true energy was when Jim Miller was out there. And then when Johnny Walker walked to the octagon, other than that, it was just like dead silent in there. So it does kind of suck the life out of you the longer these fight cards go because there's not a lot of energy in there. But if we're talking about just like in octagon action, yeah, this is a good one. But mm-hmm. eventually it's just sometimes like when you get to like the third week in a row at the apex and it's like all the same, it just it feels like these cards, even though they're they're not that bad, they seem like nine hours long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think this kind of goes. I think this kind of leads back to the last question about Inkaliyev and why I didn't jump out of my chair when I saw that knockout. I should have. It was a spectacular knockout, but for some reason I was just like, "Hmm," and I, and I, I felt weird as a fan doing that. And I think yeah, I, he- I just realized maybe the apex environment and six hours of watching good fights, with the exception of the fight that we expected to suck that did suck, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just. Hey, but that's the UFC's yeah, business the, model. <laughs> the, the, the energy of a crowd adds so much. Um, you know, that's what's helped UFC rise so much is when people you, – you get that feeling. Even not being there, you get that feeling. You get, that's yeah. why they show those crowd – that's why they show their announcer reactions to guys getting knocked out, jumping over. The, they're very rehearsed, but people like that. People see that, and they get they get jacked up. Um, so, But I, I think uh, what Core86 is saying here, I don't think he – I think he's just commenting on card quality, not environment, because, Mike, you're right. There's, there's nothing – if you don't like the UFC Apex, there's nothing that's going to make them more the the experience more palatable. It's just there's just nothing. It, it the Apex is what it is. As much as I hate, I'm loath to use that phrase. It is what it is. Um, but yes, this card, speaking to just the action, the booking was. It, it, if only they could like neatly follow this prototype for every event. I understand it's not possible. Um, sometimes they're just got to throw a card together. That's what they got. But if you look at the way this was laid out, it's perfect. It's the first three fights. All featured uh, debuting fighters of various levels of expectation. Uh, Felipe Bunez, Tom Nolan was very hyped, and Gian, Gian Silva, the biggest favor on the card. So, and that worked out. And again, and it, it didn't work out that all the prospects won, but either way, there was an there was an exciting result. Uh, then you have like up and coming sort of contenders with Basharat or and uh, Marcus McGee or Bolaños. Bolaños had won, and then you've you know you've got some more guys that are there that are experienced and uh, and then contenders at the top, and then veterans, recognizable names. It, it was formatted really well. And again, they're not going to be able to do this for every um, for every Apex card. It helps that you know there was a three week break between these cards because. I guarantee if there was no break and and uh, they had to, uh, like a card at the end of another card at the end of December and a card earlier in January, all these fighters that we're looking at here would have been scattered to some of those other cards and God knows it would have got. So 
Brakes are good. If there were more brakes, we'd also get cars like this. But hopefully in 2024, they can find a better balance between contender series signings slash prospects and, not- and uh, notable names and contender fights, which we were supposed to get two, uh, two on uh, Saturday, but we only got one. But still, the, the on paper, it was really good. So, yes, um, I agree. If more cards were like this, we wouldn't complain at all about saturation. But we'll see how the rest of the year unfolds. The pessimistic side of me agrees with you obviously and says because of the break that's why they were able to construct this right there was no additional fight night where they're going to somewhere where they have to sell tickets Mm -hmm. so they can put this month and they can put this card together and do it because they've had the time off but there is an optimistic side of me that thinks the ufc is really hot right now and they're starting to do more fight nights outside of the apex and those will do really well and those will sell really well and maybe we'll start to see just more fight nights outside the apex now certainly there's going to be apex shows but I think we'll start to move away from the apex more and more each as, as the years go on and the UFC continues to be an insanely hot ticket, whether it be a fight night or a pay-per-view. And then maybe we see the card quality increase a little bit. But, but from a from a roster construction perspective, it they've, they've cut out the middle class. And so we're really, you know, looking at the top end guys and 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 girls and the bottom end guys and girls. And so it is hard to do a, a, an apex card like this every so often. It's, it's more likely to yeah, be a lower we quality. Did, we, we did get kind of lucky in that sense. Yeah. Uh, question. Um, <clears throat> I don't watch a contender series that much, but the contender series is the apex. Does it feel this flat too? Or is it, why is it different with a contender series? It's or, or it maybe that's pretty flat. flat. It's yeah, similar. it's similar. It's similar. Okay, I've just got. I think the di- the difference in the in the contender series for for my mind and from a viewing perspective is it's five fights and it moves really quick. There's no packages. There's no commercial time. It is fight after fight after fight. So you don't really get a a time to settle into the man. It's really quiet in here. Uh, man, you know, there's, it's been a long time between these fights and now this one's not so exciting and I'm kind of losing interest. It really just moves pretty quick, um, which is nice and good. Um, but if it, it feels just as flat, I'll be honest, okay. like it's, it's, it's not a hugely different experience. Um, okay. but it's just shorter. Like these are long nights and we're just sitting here in the apex with the silence yeah. and the five people in the crowd. So yeah. it can, it can drone. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And you want to know what else is, you want to know what else feels different about the contender series? Dana White actually goes to those fights. <laughs> Probably that won't is, be there February third either. It's right in the title. It's right in the title. That is insane. Wait, so Dan, Dana White doesn't skip contender series cards, right? No, he, but no. he'll name skip. That's the whole gimmick, dude. But he went to the Peloton. There's a picture of him in, on social media of him at the Peloton building flipping it off. That's that's what he did tonight. Priorities, man, priorities. That is crazy. I know Cop was off the card, but I mean, potential number one contender fight on this. And like he didn't show up for it, but he will show up every week for Dana White Contender Series. That's bonkers but um big magomed fan big big uh, uncle well well, guys let me tell you so i threw up another poll uh (laughs) just would would magomed and kalaya be your choice to fight alex Pereira next yes or no it's 53 percent yes which is a pretty bad return when you consider again everything we've said about him when you consider that the ma fighting audience is pretty educated these aren't your Mm -hmm. joe schmo nobodies you know voting in the poll these people who keep up with the sport these are these are geniuses one might say uh and and recent bias (laughs) 
recency bias should fade Frank alive. People literally just saw him score a highlight reel knockout of Johnny Walker. So I would have like I would expect this to be at least sixty five percent Frank alive, just because we you know we just saw him. How can you not uh, make you know make him your choice? But uh, only fifty three percent with with quite a few votes in. So man, That's... maybe there, there's something to him just not having a pull. You know. Yeah, I was like someone. Yeah. It's not a good number. That, it's not a good number. Nikolaev is the most boring option for Alex at three hundred. Bummer. Mm. But he has more, extra more Jamal. I again, that's if we don't know what's going on with Alex Pereira. We have no idea. We don't know if he's going to be ready for three hundred. We don't. We have no clue. No clue. If the UFC books Alex Pereira versus Nikolaev at three hundred, will the Ooh. fans be? pissed the fans are going to be pissed regardless because ufc 300 is not going to shape up to be the card that they artificially inflated in their heads already so no matter what they book at ufc 300 this this game is lost already Okay, the main event at 302 301 i'm just i'm just trying to (laughs) if it's in rio then yeah i think people will be okay with that i think they'll be fine okay okay just yeah. I think Alex Pereira has enough juice coming off the Izzy rivalry that, like, he's good. I think people are willing to say, okay, it's Alex Pereira fight time, uh, another finish in the Yuri fight. Like, I think people are on the Alex Pereira train. All right, let's talk about the star of the card, though. Uh, Scott McCray, Felder sold me during his post-fight interview. He put Jim Miller over, and now I want to see it. Miller, Felder, UFC 300. That's the fight. Perfect. Jim Miller did the thing and he did it well. What was this Felder post-show interview? Was this that maybe I turned it off? Is that did I miss it? Felder post-show. He went interview? to the to the press conference, uh, like the, oh, the okay, post-show scrums and, and spoke. Um, as did Miller and uh, Uncle Ive. I agree with you guys that like I love the Felder fight, but I really don't care that much. Like, sure, like I'll take it, but Matt Brown sounds fantastic. Like the yep. thing about Jim Miller that I'm loving is like this this late career resurgence. He's not just like hanging on, you know, because that can kind of be sad. Like there's certain fighters who no, it's just yeah. like they're trotting out there and they're kind of just hanging on. And yeah, we're happy to see him fight like legend. Like Tony Ferguson's a great example, right? Tony Ferguson's somebody who like people are happy to see him and people love him, but it's kind of sad. It's kind of depressing. Jim Miller's going out there and competing against everybody and winning these fights and continuing to look good in this late career in this in this post you know contender era. Um, and I'm so impressed by it, and I'm happy to see it, and I'm good with it rolling on for as long as it goes. And he's really the A side of these bookings, so I don't care who it is as long as Jim Miller's in there. That that's good enough for me because I know that I'm getting. A competitive fight you know there's a sad there's a sadness that comes with some of these other ones like the end of their careers and, and tony ferguson's um, go back to it like it just doesn't feel good like great he was competitive with patty pimba but like man he hasn't looked good in a long time jim miller i know like we're gonna get a fight i don't care who's in there with him we're gonna get a fight and and i'm happy to see that anytime yeah for me M- miller felder makes so much sense i'm not actually i don't like miller brown because i think matt brown has just uh, just a lot more options at 170 to fight. I think Felder or Miller just kind of it just makes sense. Um, and Brown can fight. I feel like lots of 170 guys. And Miller is just going to be small at 170. I know he fought Cowboy Cerrone at 70, but Cowboy was you know a lifetime lightweight for the most part. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's what I want to see. I, I love it. I would like that fight yeah. a lot. 
it's the rare like feel good fight where barring knock on wood someone getting like you know injured or something uh you wouldn't care who won you wouldn't care who won you wouldn't care if it was a first round finish you wouldn't care if it went the distance because if it goes the distance it's uh, the chances of that being a boring fight are slim to none uh we don't have a lot of feel good well i don't care who wins fights in this game it's just a matter of fact whether it's because we have some we want to win or the matchmaking just is not good uh, or there's so much on the line that like you you, you know you can't you can't enjoy like it, it's gonna hurt someone so much to lose but this is like if paul felder loses you go back to retirement he said oh, great i got to come back fight on your 300 go back to retirement enjoy my life get another payday jim miller loses he doesn't care he's gonna keep fighting for as long as he wants to like we said he might fight till ufc 400 he might fight till he reaches um 50 ufc fights we don't know right we don't know but he probably what if he decides to retire i wouldn't care i wouldn't be like oh no i can't believe he suddenly decided to retire at 300 i'd be like good good for jim miller like i'd be sad because i want to see him fight so there's almost no bad outcome to it. Um, that's what makes it such a cool fight on paper. So UFC, get those gears moving and make sure both these guys are paid. Pay these men for their work, please. Are, are any of you guys as surprised as me that like more people are calling to fight Jim Miller at 300? I just expected more people to kind of see the opportunity that's there and kind of like throw their name into the hat. And it kind of seems like he's the one pushing it more so than anybody else. Like to me – you know, how many people do we see calling out the hot prospect of the month? Oh, Patty Pimblett's the guy yeah, for everybody yeah. right now. Let me get that. And there's a shine on this moment right here. Like Jim Miller's fight at UFC 300 is going to be something that people are interested in and watching. If I was some guy, I would have been pushing way harder for this opportunity. Shoot your shot. Maybe Miller turns it down. Maybe Felder's the fight to make. But like, I haven't heard anything yet really from anybody notable. I haven't heard uh, – we're not seeing a lot on Twi on X right now. Maybe there's still time before UFC 300. But if I was somebody who wanted to make a stamp right now, I'd be calling him out every day on social media. Like look for this opportunity. This is going to be a spotlight fight. Take the ch take the, ch the chance. And well, you mentioned just, you mentioned Patty, and yeah, like he just definitely so would – if he had not already ruled out – he said he won't fight at 300 because he oh, has he already a did? He has a child oh, coming. Okay, cool. Uh, his, All right. I don't want to talk about, about that. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. his first child coming around the time. Oh, Twins. Congratulations, yeah. well, congratulations there you go. Mr. Pimlet. Congratulations. But, uh, but he definitely would have, if he was uh, able to fight at 300, he would be one of the guys on the front of the line saying, hey, Jim Miller, give me that fight. What this a coincidence. A guy who knows how to get attention and is semi-intelligent about how to navigate <laughs> yeah. the fight game is thinking about that. Where's the rest yep. of them? Smarten <laughs> up. Now, as far as I know, the UFC hasn't officially released – Tony Ferguson, correct? No, no, oh, jeez. Why would they? Is Jim Miller Tony Ferguson? Just I hope insane? not. No, no, that's not. that's but not good vibes. Who? But if the UFC doesn't release him, that doesn't straight up release him, who's Tony? What else can oh, you do with him? Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of options Lose, for Tony. You, Tony Ferguson. Ferguson versus Joe Lozon. That's the fight you make. Sure. It, I mean, these are okay. all sad. Tony, yeah. <laughs> There's no good answers here. Tony, there's, no, Tony's yeah, not, not, there's no right answer. No, no good answer, rather. Um, okay. Anything else? I think <laughs> we're... Yeah, I mean, you think we're good? I mean, we're going to save our strength for uh, yeah. UFC 7 I'm trying to think of who should do the thing. I'm, like, I'm looking at the list of lightweights who, who maybe would make sense. And I don't know. 
But you know, names, but you know, but... New York Rick, it might come up. It might come up now that this fight is out of the way. You know, maybe people are just being respectful. Like, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, oh, you know. that's the fight. A lot of respect. A lot of people being respectful and not uh, angling for for big paychecks. That's yeah, like Chase should should. Like like a guy like Chase Hooper, like Chase Hooper, like and be like, yes, oh, exactly. how adorable. That's a perfect. That's a perfect one. Why not? Like, oh, that's that's so nice. Like, no one even be mad at Chase for doing that. They'd be like, all right, that's that's kind of fun. And, and also, by the way, everybody's coming from this. Like, it'd be, be such honor, Jim Miller. I love you, Jim Miller. You're the man, Jim Miller. I, I would love to fight you. Somebody should come in there and put their finger in his chest and say, Jim Miller, I want to beat your ass at what? UFC 300. You absolutely I wanna suck. Make you, you stink. I want to. <laughs> I want to embarrass you in front of everybody. Somebody no. needs to do something. Bring something to the freaking table. I'm bored. I'm bored. A10, A10 is the worst nickname I've ever heard. It oh, is. Trash. That's why he's on the Hall of Fame. I would, I would keep start rolling up my sleeves. I'm starting to think maybe I need to fight Jim Miller. I'm starting to think that maybe I because nobody else is taking this opportunity. You know who would be? Bear. You know who would be a good one? You know who would be a good one? Trevor Peak. Sure, that'd be a fun ass fight. I love that fight. That'd but be electric, and Trevor would Trevor would be very respectful about it. Um, see, this is what I don't like. But who's like? Maybe John. Maybe John Silva just wants to move up to one fifty five just for that sole purpose. I think he would go up and probably like slap Jim Miller we, across the face. It would take him four <laughs> minutes to get to Jim. He would walk real slowly to get there, but he'd probably do it. <laughs> We all we all love Jim Miller. Nobody's uh, you know not cognizant of that fact. Everybody loves Jim Miller. It's hard. It's impossible. But like, be different. Figure like even if you don't get this opportunity, you'll get some attention for that idea. Like, do something. Just put put, put the thinking caps on and figure this out. Who is gonna? Put Paul Felder's a good fight. Oh, I love it. I love it. Who's gonna put the finger in the chest of, of one Jim Miller? Maybe we'll find <laughs> out this week. Who knows? So, yes, we are officially on the road to UFC 297. Uh, we have one more stop. That's with AK and I tomorrow. We'll do a little bit of matchmaking on to the next one. You can hear that on the MA Fighting Podcast Network. Uh, we have Jose and my best friend, Alexander Kaylee, boots on the ground next week in Toronto, Ontario, Canada for UFC 297. Sean Strickland, Drinkus Duplessis. I'm sure this is going to be a really interesting fight week, my friends. Between me day, those two guys at a press conference, I'm sure they're going to face off multiple times. But I know what AK's main event is, and it ain't John Strickland versus Drinkus Duplessis. It is Myra Bueno Silva yeah. versus Raquel Pennington for the vacant UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship of the Universe. AK, 1 to 10, excitement levels to crown a new Women's Bantamweight Champion. 10 out of 10. 10 out of this fight alone is elevating this card. We will finally, <laughs> guys, the days of Rousey, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, all that. Listen, that's in the past. We got to accept that. It's time. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward and crown a new bantamweight queen. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me recreate the, the pose. The. Uh, <laughs> you've all seen it you've all seen it i'm very excited mike <laughs> good, good night everybody can't top that <laughs> happy birthday ak you're listening to the vox media podcast network
The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 